It's an awesome opportunity to be here, to be able to see our family week to week and to share the unadulterated word of God and to be with you guys. And as I was praying about how we would start, I, that slide came to mind because oftentimes we don't realize that we many times do not see ourselves the way that God sees us. But in order for him to get us where he needs us to be, sometimes he's got to cut some things away. And it goes right in line with what we're doing today as we go to the book of John, chapter 15, starting at verse 1. If you could, if you'd like, you can stand with us. To all of you who are by YouTube or by Facebook, we're so happy to be with you or by any of our podcast means. Um, God has given us the ability to go out to all the world. So now, just about where anywhere someone would listen to a podcast, we are. Um, Speak Life with Willie Berry is now on Amazon Music. It's now on Audible. It's now on Google Podcasts. It's now on Spotify. Uh, it's in several places, which means there's no place in the world that the gospel goes that we do not. Even on our website at Encounter360.org, you can go directly there and you can watch the Word. You can take notes and study in the Bible. We're constantly doing things to bring people closer to Christ. That's our goal, to help people that are far from God come closer to Him. Let's read. If you'd like, you can read with me. I am the vine, the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me also, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. And such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of God. We are in a series called I Am. And in this series called I Am, we tell the story of a awesome, self-existent God, a God named Yahweh, who his very name means self-existent one, one who sits outside of time, one who isn't constrained by linear time and befores and afters and here's or there's, and he has made a creation, a creation that has gone away from him, and he has made a way to redeem that creation and bring that creation back unto himself. I don't know if you know it this morning, but God is passionately in love with you. He wants to bring you to himself. John 3.16, we quote it all the time, and we cre- create it, and we quote it this way, for God so loved the world. But the proper translation of that is, for God so loved the world. What does that mean? That God loved the world in this way. Not that he loved the world so much because he is the epitome of the world. Uh, He is the epitome of love. It's saying that God, like it says in Romans 5 and 8, that God demonstrated his love. He's saying he so loved or loved the world in this way that he gave his only begotten son. 
that whosoever would believe in them would not perish but have everlasting life. It is God's agenda and God's, God's desire that his kingdom go throughout all the earth and that his creation know him on a deeper level. All throughout the Bible, we see God beginning to introduce himself to creation and we see creation begin to reject him. And even as creation begins to reject him, we still see God go after. Even after his children in Israel would go away, he has a prophet named Hosea and he has Hosea marry a, a woman of ill repute, a prostitute. And he begins to tell Hosea, go after your wife. And many times she keeps leaving him. And every time she leaves him to go out with other guys, what he does, he tells Hosea, go buy her back and bring you into yourself. He doesn't do this all the time, but he does it for Hosea because he's trying to prove a point. And then he says to Hosea, this is how I love my people Israel. Even though you're unfaithful to me, even though you go after other gods, even though you have other agendas and secret motives down on the inside, I love you so much that I am drawing you to myself and I will not stop coming after you. I've come to tell you this morning or somebody who's listening by airwaves that you may feel like you're useless. You may feel like you're hopeless, but there is a God in heaven and he is madly in love with you and he is seeking to draw you to himself. He is seeking to let you know who he is and to be intimate with you. Not intimate in the way that we think, but intimate in the words. Uh, the best way to describe it is intimacy. What does that mean? Closeness. He wants to let you know who he is. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to reveal. The Bible says in the book of John, and the word became flesh. And he dwelt among men. He came and he dwelt among us. And the Bible says that he was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Why? Because we don't have a high priest that does not understand what we go through. Oftentimes we don't go to God with our issues and with our problems. Why don't we go to God with our issues and our problems? Because we feel like God doesn't know for one what we're going through and what's really in our heart, which in a way is really kind of silly because he knows everything. But we also so feel inside that we can't love ourselves so how could God love us never knowing that there is a God who sits outside of time outside of all existence in him all things are created and his ultimate master plan is to receive you unto himself and to be known by you when he talks to Moses we talked about last week how he reveals himself to his people Moses says that if I'm going to see another uh, Pharaoh another king and I need to tell him to let your people go your people are going to ask and he's going to ask who sent you? And he says in Hebrew, which means I am that I am. I will be that which I will be. In other words, I will be whatever you need me to be. But then he goes a step further. He doesn't just stay outside of creation. He steps in to creation. 400 years after Malachi has been written and no man has heard from God, God decides to wrap himself in flesh just to walk among these people who have rejected him, just to walk among these people who have turned their back on him. God decides that he wants to redeem these people to himself and he wraps himself in the form of a body and he manifests himself in the person of God, the Father and God, the Son and God, the Holy Spirit and God, the Son comes down to dwell among men. 
but he makes a lot of the religious leaders mad of the day because although it's not done in the Hebrew tongue, we read in the New Testament, he uses a phrase that is familiar to the Jews because they remember God telling Moses that I am. And although he would say it probably in Aramaic, we record it in the Greek scripture in the, in the New Testament as ego amai, which means I am. And when they hear that, they automatically realize that Jesus is equating himself with God himself. And he says in the book of John around verse chapter 8, verse 58, before Abraham was, I am. In other words, he's letting them know that I am God himself and I am walking among you because I love you. The Bible is a love story. Did you know that? That God is in love with his people and he wants to redeem you and draw you to himself. If you would only come to yourself and we look last week at Jesus telling them that he is the way and the truth and the light. In other words, I don't want to leave you without a way. I love you so much. I'm going to go, but only to prepare a place for you. Why? So where I am, you can be. I'm preparing many mansions for you. Don't let the world tell you that you're worthless. Don't walk in toxic shame. Yes, all the wages of sin are death. Yes, all our righteousness is but of filthy rags. But also another truth that though my sins be as scarlet, he can make them his blood white as snow. He loves you and he looks at you through the eyes of Jesus, not through the eyes of your mistakes, not through the eyes of your past, not through the eyes of the world. He looks at you through blood-stained glasses, and all he wants to do is bring you to himself. Last week, we were at the Passover. We were at the Seder meal, and Jesus was giving them information about him, about being the way, the truth, and the light. And this time, we go to Thursday, and the Bible says at the end of John chapter 14 that they raised up and they left. And when they left, Jesus has given them all this heavy information, and he's tried to comfort their hearts knowing that I'm going to be with you. I'm going to go away from you, but if I go away, I'm going to come and receive you unto myself. But there's some other things. He knows the time is at hand that he needs to say to them. What would you say to somebody if you knew you were about to leave? What would you say to somebody if these were your last words? Jesus is knowing that his time is coming short. He only has a couple of days with them before he leaves to go back to the Father. He only has a couple of days before he goes to the cross. And now there were 12 disciples, but if you count now by reading the story, there are only 11 because Jesus has sent uh, Judas away to do what he needs to do. So they are headed to the garden of Gethsemane with 11 disciples and Jesus lets them in on something. He begins to tell them in, in 15 and 1, he says this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He's given them a story. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does, he prunes. Why is he giving them this analogy? Because wine is in abundance in Israel because everybody drinks wine in Israel because there are a lot of fruit trees in Israel or a lot of grape for grape trees in Israel right now, if you go back to Israel, the Israelites themselves have taken a desolate land that lay desolate for years after they were gone and exiled and came back when they were brought in the late 40s into Israel and began to resurrect those vineyards. So vineyards and wine would be something that would be commonly seen among them, something that they would know. And he begins to say something to them. He says, I am the vine and my father is the husbandman. Any branch 
branch in me that does not bear fruit, he cuts away. He's letting them know that everybody that says they're connected to me doesn't have life on the inside of them. Because in order to prune something, you have to look at it and you have to do something that seems almost painful. You have to cut it. You have to chisel it. You have to chisel things away. And many are saying, I want more than just a religious ritual. There are many people now, after the challenges of, of Corona and, cha- and 2020, that are not just seeking regular church. They're seeking a real close connection with God. They want more than just a religious ritual. They want a deeper spiritual connection. And as we explore today, we're going to look how, at how to experience a real vibrant and a spiritual encounter with God. We don't have enough time to unpack everything that's in this text about salvation and all those other things. But I just want to give you a high level view of of being dependent on God, of how we should be dependent on God. Because to have a deeper level of intimacy requires that we are more dependent on God. The disciples are already Christ followers. So when he's saying this, he's talking to believers. So we can believe that what he says is for us today. He says the believer must abide in Christ. And when I hear that word to abide, to live, to stay, in other words, not to hop in and out, not to come here or there, but to abide means to sit in it, to rest in it. It would be hard to make tea. I like tea and I like coffee, but it's hard to make tea if you take the tea bag and you keep dipping it in and dipping it out and you don't have a time to settle. But if you let it sit, what's in the water will mix with what's in the tea and it will make a brand new creation. The reason that we don't have as much closeness with Christ many times in our life is because we dip in and out and we don't abide. We don't spend that time sitting in Christ, living in day and out. And God gives us some very key points that we need to learn. He that dwelleth, Psalms 91, in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If you want to get to the secret place, if you want to get to that closeness of God, you can't have casual encounters. Because those who have casual encounters will never abide. Only those who live in the God space. Only those who make it part of their life that they have daily devotional. Only those who spend quality time with God, not out of habit, not out of role, not out of obligation, but out of adoration will experience the trueness of the presence of God. Everybody say, we must remain. We must remain. remain. Uh, Chapter 15, verses 4 through 6 says, remain in me or abide in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. To bear fruit, we must be dependent on the source. As we mentioned earlier, you cannot have casual encounters and expect lasting fruit. James said it this way, that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and that man can't receive anything for the Lord. Jalus gave a word of encouragement today, and I love all the other people who've given words of encouragement, but she made a record for the first day, first time somebody did a word of encouragement, and I could not stop the tears from flowing because while she was talking, the anointing of God was on her, and he was beginning to communicate some things to me, and God is trying to communicate 
communicate to us. You want to be close to me. You've got to learn to have more consistency. You've got to learn to abide more in me. You say you trust me, but where is your faith? I do things in, in faith many times. I am a person of faith. I believe that faith is an important thing. We walk by faith and not by sight, but you cannot be in faith today and out of faith tomorrow. You can't believe God today, but not trust him tomorrow. You can't look at the waves today and forget that he helped you walk on the water yesterday. You have to remember that he is the God who was. He is the God who is. He is the God who is to come. And that the same God that brought you to this point is going to take you to the next point. No matter how dark it looks, you've got to abide in him. You've got to trust in him. Even when it doesn't look like things are going your way, even when it looks like you feel like throwing in the towel, God is saying, forget not the former things that I have done for you. Abide in my presence. And when you're in my presence, you don't have to have a reminder because I'm around you. Oftentimes, why we have to have a reminder of what God has done is because we have walked away in closeness with God. That doesn't mean we're not saved. It means we haven't spent as much time with him and we have to look for further down the road to see what he did because we are not abiding in his presence. If I see Robin all the time, she's a constant reminder of love and my love for her and her love for me and the things she does for me. But if I get too far away from her and distance and we don't spend any time talking, you can become cold and you can become distant. And many times believers do the same thing with God. We allow the cares of life, Matthew chapter 5, to pull us away from God. We allow our problems and our situations to make us forget that there is a God in heaven that is in love with us. We let our mistakes make us re not realize that there is a God who loved us so much that he knew you were going to sin before you sinned. And while you were yet a sinner, he sent his son to die for you. It matters more to you than it does to God. He knew you were going to do it. He is the beginning and the end. He knew what David would do before he even chose David. But yet somehow, David was still a man after his own heart. Come here, David. I know you're going to be a horrible father. Come here, David. I know that you're going to be an adulterer. Come here, David. I know that you're going to have a conspiracy to commit murder. But I'm still choosing you knowing all these things. Why? Because my choice doesn't depend on how good you are. It depends on how good I am, David. And I love Love you and I choose you for myself. You don't have anything to do with your salvation. You don't have anything. No man seeks God. No, not one. There is not run righteous. No, not God. One. Jesus even looks to his disciples and says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Because if I were doing the choosing and I know who I am, I would have never chose me. And if you'll be honest and you know who you are, you would have never chose yourself either. But thanks be to God who is rich in mercy and who is rich in and love and looks beyond our faults and loves us and uses us to his glory. See, inside of a branch, you can kind of see the picture there. It looks like a small tree that gives off leaves and branches. But inside of that branch, 
is the DNA to produce fruit. Inside of the vine that attaches to the branch is the DNA to produce fruit. Now that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives on the inside of you. But in order to activate that DNA to produce the fruit, you have to be connected to the vine. Because if you get disconnected from the vine, no matter what is on the inside of you, the potential cannot be realized because separation is death and death will occur. Some of us have become spiritually dull and dead because we have left our first love and we have left the connection with Christ and Christ is saying return unto me. That's why God said I'm going to cut off those branches that do not bear fruit. Why? It's the same thing as having gangrene. If you've ever seen somebody with gangrene, gangrene may start on a toe and they'll, they'll say I'm going to cut your toe off and it may seem brutal to cut somebody's toe off but what they're doing is saying if I don't cut the toe off I might have to cut the foot off and then if I don't cut the foot off I might have to cut the leg off and then if I don't cut the leg off the time and the space may cut you off in other words I have to cut off some things that are not healthy for you or I, you will be destroyed and what God is simply saying is some things have to be cut away when they are not productive because they will be detrimental to the body of Christ. We must remain in the vine. John 15, 4 through 6. We read that and I want you to go back and study that. If you're listening by sound wave, go back and pick it up and study it. We must be connected to the source in order for our spiritual DNA to be enacted by the life that comes from the vine, which is called the branch, which is called Jesus Christ. We can easily become distracted and not connected. If you go back later and look at Mark chapter 4 verse 19 or Matthew chapter 3 and 22, it talks about the dangers of being distracted and the word of God not being able to permeate in your life. And we can lose Christ and we can lose connection. And then apart from Christ, nothing of real lasting consequence happens. You can disconnect a vine from the branch and you look at it and it looks as if nothing is wrong with it. When you do that, it's going to look just fine, connected, sitting there on the floor. But after a while, the truth will begin to show. After a while, decay will set in. After a while, it will be withered. God's giving us a powerful message this morning that sometimes we allow stuff to get disconnected in our lives. And it's not until we realize we don't have fruit. What kind of fruit? There is a fruit about salvation. And that's what most people preach about is us going to get sold. But there are other fruits in Galatians and 2 Peter that they talk about love, joy, peace, temperance, faith, long-suffering. And we realize one day when we wake up, we're crabby all the time. Where is our joy? It's because we become disconnected. And because we didn't show signs of death immediately, we missed one Bible study. We missed two. And I'm not just talking about being in the building. I'm talking about personal Bible study, corporate Bible study. God's calling us to more, not to less. Uh, uh, personal devotional. Because I didn't spend the proper time with God. I find myself always... Anxiety is controlling my life and anger in my life and I find no peace. Why? Those are signs that I'm slowly dying. And God doesn't want that for us. 
I he want to sit want here and say like emotive is because connection diminishes indifference. Say that with me. Connection diminishes indifference. If we want to feel closer to Christ, we must remedy indifference with intimacy. How do you combat indifference? What do you mean by indifference? I don't care if I come to church. I don't care if I don't. If I don't pray, it doesn't bother me. I don't read my word, it doesn't bother me. You, you stop coming to church one Sunday, uh, it might bother you. But if you do it four or five times in a row, it becomes easier to do, doesn't it? And then we make up excuses for why we don't show up. I don't like the music. I don't like this. I'm not talking about this church. I'm just talking about human nature in general. We make every kind of excuse for why we can't come to church. But the truth of the matter is, what we're really saying is, I'm disconnected. I want to feel closer to Christ. And if you want to feel closer to Christ, it takes intimacy and real time. Media team, if you could pull this up, it wasn't in the notes, but pull up Luke chapter 15, verse 16. Luke chapter 15, verse 16. I want you guys to read that with me. It's important for us to see that. Luke chapter 15, verse 16. It said, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. It's 5 and 16 and 15 and 16. It wasn't until he was at rock bottom that he realized he was disconnected. He was hungry and had no source to feed him. Many times it's not until the doctor gives us, us a bad report. Or something happens or trouble hits our home that we realize we reach back for our peace and realize we're hungry. We haven't been doing what we needed to do. And it's not God's fault. He wants us to be connected to him. He wants us to be close to him. How do we do that? We spend time in prayer. Everybody say prayer. Prayer is a discipline. Prayer is not something that you need a whole bunch of fancy words for. Prayer is not something that you have to give a whole bunch of uh, long, drawn-out soliloquies. Our God and our Father of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the Father of, of all. He, he knows who he is. He heard the publicans say, Lord, have mercy on me. Sometimes you have conversations with God just like you would your friends. Here's a good habit. The next time something happens in your life and, or something's troubling happening and you immediately want to pick up the phone to call somebody else, put down the phone and start talking to God and tell him everything that you would have told that friend. I was doing that one day. I'll be transparent. I was talking. And, and, and I had something going on and I really wanted to talk to somebody about it. And I, I try not to overburden my friends. So I talked to all of them and I, I went down my list and I said, I can't talk to John. I can't talk to Lorenzo. I try to be more of a giver than I am a taker. So I, I have a limit to how much I can bear my problems. So Lorenzo was gone and, and, and Pastor Lorenzo was gone. Pastor John was gone. I'd already met with Brother Joe and I'd already met, uh, talked to Brother Dave. I said, I can't wear them down. And I was sitting in the car and I heard this voice say, after I had told myself, man, I don't have anybody to talk to. And I was sitting in the car and the voice said, well, why don't you talk to me? Like you want to talk to them. I want to hear it. And then he put a song in my heart. It said, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. 
all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Somebody say everything means everything. Sometimes before you take it to your husband or your wife, you need to take it to God. Sometimes before you take it to your friends, you need to take it to God. And you know what happens after you talk to somebody for a long time? It creates intimacy. It creates closeness. And you say this, you wonder why God is not there. It's not God's fault. Where I come from, there's a world-famous comedian named Jerry Clower. They even have a boulevard named after him. Anybody ever heard of Jerry Clower? Jerry Clower is a, a comedian. He tells jokes, and he tells this joke about Ma and Pa. And Ma and Pa, uh, every Sunday evening, they go out on a ride down the road. Paul's in the driver's seat and he's driving and mom's driving, sitting over beside him. And one day mom looks at him and while Paul is driving, he's driving down the street. And she says, Paul, he says, yeah, mom. She said, you remember when we were younger? He said, yeah, mom. She said, we used to sit a lot closer together on these drives. He looked down at the steering wheel and he said, mom. She said, yeah. He said, I ain't moved. <laughs> I'm still in the same place driving the car. It's not me who is not closer. You chose to move farther away. It's God. God hasn't moved farther from us. He's waiting for us to move back closer to him. Does that sound familiar? Draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. He wants us to get closer to him, prayer and fasting and the study of his word and personal and private devotionals and corporate Bible study. Just coming on Sunday and Wednesday is not enough. We need to see you on Sunday and Wednesday and not by yourself. You need to bring somebody, but you need to have some personal study time. Jayla's hit the nail on the head. She took some of my sermon. You need to go and find some Bible studies. Even on Audible, I have commentaries that I listen to. I have a guy I listen to all the time. I won't call his name, but I listen to him all the time. And while, while I'm going and commentaries are just rolling and the Bible's rolling in my mind. Why is that? Because I have a choice on what I fill my mind with. And it's okay to watch TV. It's okay to watch stuff. If you're not gonna, gonna start coming to flame because you listen to music. But here's the deal. Whatever you are is a product of what you are eating. Nothing wrong with eating a Twinkie. Enjoy your Twinkie. I know Terry would enjoy that Twinkie or that, that, that chocolate cake or whatever the case may be. But that doesn't need to be your steady diet. That needs to be a dessert. She's looking like, yes, it does. <laughs> because it will have a negative effect on you. And we must check ourselves if we want to be close to Christ and make sure that what we're feeding ourselves is godly. Maybe the reason I'm angry all the time is because I watch news more than I watch Christian programming. And they're designed to get me angry and upset and, and, and be anxious all the time about something. That's, well, they have turned us into a nation in a world of chicken littles. Even Christians are walking all, all around always talking about the sky. It's falling. I've got news for you. No matter how much you do for this earth, it's going to burn up. Have peace knowing that he has overcome the world. And because he overcomes the world, you overcome the world. You win. But if you don't feed that into your spirit every day, you end up being fretful and upset all the time. Check your friends and your circles. If your friends are always negative, you need some new 
friends. When you abide in Christ, other things will diminish. I'm going to move on for sake of time. When you abide in other vines, notice Jesus says, I am the true vine, indicating that there are other vines out there that you can connect to and look to for sustenance, but they will not fill you like Jesus. They will not heal you like Jesus. They will not sustain you like Jesus. He is the true vine, and our connection to Christ will diminish when other things increase, I hear another song. I'm a musician, so I think in songs. I hear this song. It's an old, old hymn. It says, turn your eyes to Jesus. Look full on his wonderful face. And the cares of this life will grow strangely dim. And the light of his glory and grace. If you want to be close to him, turn to him because he is divine. He is the source. We shouldn't be turning to any other source. Turn your eyes unto Jesus. Therefore, as believers, we should choose to look into peace and not to worry. We should open up Matthew 6 and 20, 33. We should open up Psalms 119 and 165. For those of you dealing with peace, I feel the need to do that. Uh, go ahead, media team. Pull up Psalms chapter 119, 165. I want you to read this because if you're dealing with some things, these are the types of things you need to be eating. Psalms 119 verse 165. I want you to read how amazing this is. Read it with me. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. Oh, Jesus. So if I'm having trouble, maybe that's an indicator that I need to get closer to his word. I need to ingest more of it because I got more spiritual Twinkies in my life. We do this by making our home in Jesus. We rest or abide in him. The fruit we produce when we are dependent on Christ goes beyond just soul winning. But the fruit blesses us and blesses others. You know why? Because if the fruit of the spirit is joy, if you're joyful, not only are you blessed by joy, but you can be blessed by others and you can bless others. Nobody wants to be around a mealy mouth, mad, sour Christian all day. Somebody that says, I believe and I'm saved and, and fire baptized and spirit filled and God's in my life. And all the time I'm talking to you, you complaining about who's in the White House or, or uh, how high the food is or how high gas is. And all you did was complain the whole time I'm with you. And then you say, I want to talk to you about Jesus. He can change your life. Wait a minute. Where's your fruit? But I can speak in tongues. That's great, but the fruit of the Spirit is not speaking in tongues. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, temperance. Doesn't matter if you speak in tongues if you can't speak to people. If you can't say amen, say out. God wants you. He's in love with you. He wants to give you life. And the last part, this is something that we all need to know. When we do these things, we need to abide in joy and not misery. Abide in love. We do these things by making our home in Jesus. But this is number three. Everybody say, we must embrace the maintenance. 
That's why I showed you the video that I showed you the other day, uh, or just a few moments ago, rather, excuse me. The reason I showed you that is because if you're going to get as close to Christ as you can, sometimes he's got to chisel some things out of you. Guess what? If you look at that verse, he says, those that don't bear fruit, I cut away. Say cut away. But he says, those that do produce fruit, I still cut. Somebody say cut back. There's a difference between cutting away and cutting back. Cutting away means that you're good for nothing and that you're here, but you're just taking up space. But what he's doing when he's cutting back is saying that you are healthy and I want you to grow. And in order to produce the most fruit, I watch some people prune. I've been watching videos of people pruning in Israel and different things, grapevines. And somebody said something phenomenal. He says that we cut away every, every branch that we don't need. The farther it is away from the source, those are the ones we cut cut first. We cut the ones that are on the outskirts and the edges and we come into the ones that are closest to the branch and he said we leave two or three of these and the reason we're cutting these off is because they're going to die and, but they're taking up nourishment from the ones that really want to grow. God is saying that I'm cutting back some things in your life. It may seem painful I'm cutting some people out of your life. Have you ever had some people leave your life and it seems very painful? But sometimes that's God just pruning us. That you guys, it's not that both of you are bad, but you're bad for each other. And every time you, we all had that friend. We love God, but we all got that friend that when we get together, we start talking about stuff we have no business talking about. And, and we do things we have no business doing. And we say stuff that we have no business. Am I the only honest person in the room? If you don't have that friend, you've had that friend before. And we keep saying, God, I want to grow in you. And all of a sudden they stop calling and we get offended, but we're not realizing he's answering our prayer because although we love them they're not healthy for us and God is pruning us to get that influence away from us because we he wants us to be closer to him than we are to them because they're another vine and he's the true vine those who produce he cuts back pruning is not for detriment but it's for betterment Cutting back is not cutting away. Cutting back is removing unhealthy things that cause further, further infection. I don't know about you, but I'm glad sometimes that God cuts me back. It's painful. It doesn't feel good. But the fact that he's cutting me back lets me know that I'm still alive. It lets me know that he still has some youth, usefulness and worthfulness and value for me. I'm glad that he chose to cut me back and not cut me away. Sometimes we complain about the cutting back, don't we? But you ought to be thankful that he's cutting you back and not cutting you away. Because the cutting is for your good. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart today, it's not to condemn you. That's God cutting you back. I'm not going to name any conditions. You know personally what in your life needs to be cut back. And as we finish today, I ask you a question. Will you abide in him? <laughs>